Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's utterly unfazed by it. He waits for the next one. With him now, Ford running the ball to points. Steve Smith is inevitable. A double century that he forecast in his own words and delivered with his own actions. And Jared Waitley calling the action, of course, on SEN and a part of the SEN cricket commentary team is Simon Cadditch. It was a big day for Australia. It's been a big test match, almost seven. I think it's almost uh, 650 runs and, and only four wickets. Simon Cadditch, a part of the SEN commentary team, he's been kind enough to join us, Scotty, this morning on Breakfast. Cat, what do you make of the uh, first two days? We appreciate your time. Good morning, guys. Yeah, look, it's been uh, some phenomenal cricket so far. I think the Australian batsmen showed their class and knowledge of these home conditions over the first couple of days. I thought, you know, the engine room of the Australian top four in, in Kawaja, Labashane and Smith showed everyone, obviously, how to bat on this wicket. Uh, it wasn't easy at times uh, when the West Indies got in the right areas, but they probably just lacked the firepower that they used to have in terms of the pace. Didn't quite have that same airspeed that they've been renowned for in the, the glory days. But um, what those guys were able to do, particularly Labashane and Smith yesterday, getting double hundreds was remarkable batting. And, and then what was great last night was seeing the two West Indian openers show a lot of fight against what was yeah. a very good Australian attack, following good pace, getting good movement, and, and they weathered the storm. So hopefully from the contest perspective, they can dig in and, and you know show some fight again today and, and just make it a bit more of a contest. Okay, great to speak to you, you uh, great man. I tell you, after watching Australia bat, we thought this is just going to be done and dusted in three and a half days. But uh, as you said there, the fight shown by Braithwaite and Chandpaul uh, were just, uh, it was brilliant yesterday. So it completely changed, I guess, the way we're going to view this test match and what we're going to see. They were, they were tough. Yeah, absolutely spot on. I think the thing about it was that, you know, what we saw last night was true test match cricket. We've got three guys running in, bowling at 140Ks an hour. In Stark's case, he got up to about 148. He's going quick. Uh, there was good bounce. There was some good movement. And the young kid on debut, whilst he's only, I mean, he's 26, but, you know, you feel for the youngster because he's had probably a couple of years taken out of his career with the COVID situation. Son of Shivnarine Chandabal, who's an absolute West Indies legend. And you just see the, the similarities in the way he bats. He's learned a lot from his old man. Uh, but what he does have, he's got the ticker and he got out there and dug in and wore a few on the body. But then he showed he's got, you know, he's got a solid technique. He played some good uppercut, um, uppercuts at times. And then he hooked, like, uh, Paddy Cummins for six, which is no mean feat. So, look, he's coming in in form. Got 119 and the PM's 11 last week in Canberra and has scored four first-class um, hundreds in the last sort of six months or so. So, look, uh, he looks like a good young player and hopefully the West Indies have unearthed another, you know, champion batsman. And Brathwaite, the skipper, that's how he bats. He digs in. Uh, that's what he wants to do. He wants to face, you know, 100-plus balls and, and lead from the front. And he did a very good job as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it promises to be a bit more interesting than I think probably what everyone thought when Australia was just piling on the run.
Yeah, absolutely spot on. As you said, he copped a couple high in the chest and uh, in the shoulder, which uh, he just bounced back up from and would uh, would have dropped most of us. But he caught one lower, mate, that we all felt. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's one of those things in cricket that, um, unfortunately, you don't always get the, the judgment of the bounce right. And uh, the fact is, like opening batsmen have got to, got to get in line with the ball so they're not nicking to the slips or the keeper and... Um, he looked like he, you know, batted exactly like his dad. Lines the ball up, gets in behind it, um, has a lot of courage. But unfortunately, yeah, he wore one that uh, made everyone around the ground grimace. Simon Cadditch, our guest, part of the SEN commentary team. You'll hear the boys on SENWA uh, from ten, but you can hear their preview from nine on other parts of the platform. Uh, just in regards to the pitch, uh, I'm chatting with Isaac McDonald, the the curator, um, just after seven o'clock. I'm going out on to do a bit of a pitch inspection. Here at Perth Stadium right. and catching okay. out. Yeah. Who are you going out there with? Justin, Who are you going out there with? Well, I'm myself, but Justin Langer is the guest. <laughs> oh, he's tagging along, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll show him how it's done. Um, so, 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 Cat, what sort of wicket are we expecting on day three and over the next couple of days? And and is this match heading for a draw? Oh, look. I mean, it's still a long way to go, and the West Indies have got a lot of batting to do. And I think you know this wicket so far has played really well. I think because it wasn't as hot first day. I mean, particularly by Perth standards, it's mm. only just over 30 degrees. And certainly yesterday morning when I looked at it, it didn't have you know the amount of cracking in it that we've seen in previous test matches here against New Zealand and India before COVID. So it looks like it'll hold together well. And yesterday was cool. It was overcast all day. The clouds were in. Um, and it, it wasn't a hot day. So I dare say it should last a lot longer than probably what it normally would when it gets to the high 30s and it breaks up. And it, uh, Nathan Lyon showed it will spin, and he's bowled well here in the past. So he'll have a big role to play. Uh, but, yeah, there's still plenty of time left in this test match for a result. Hey, Kat, they threw everything at them last night, our bowlers, didn't they? And um, as you mentioned, there was a pace attack that's second to none in the world. But they threw everything at them and, and just couldn't get that breakthrough. So what do they do last night? Do they sit back and do they go through vision? Do they say, right, oh, we've got to change attack. We're going to start targeting some different areas? Yeah, what normally happens is the analyst will put together probably some packages of, of what was seen last night in those 25 overs, uh, potentially looking at you know, the pitch maps to see, you know, where the, both of them have scored their runs. Obviously, in, um, you know, Chanderpaul's case, he got a lot of runs off the back foot. So they potentially start to, to go a bit more fuller to him today. But I think they'll still try and target him on the short ball because they feel like they can get him out that way. I thought the Australians bowled pretty well. I just think, you know, credit deserves to go to those two openers because I think after being out in the field for, you know, nearly two days, uh, they did re- really, really well to, to sort of get in there and get used to the bounce and, and conditions out there and, and knuckle down and, and make it hard for the Australians to get their wickets. Kat, just one question in regards to the build-up to this match and even in we're now going into day three, Simon Cadditch is our guest. Do you think what we we saw with um, Justin Langer, and I know you're involved uh, with him, of course, and he's a, a long-time friend of yours and like, do you think what we saw, do you think the peace pipe has been smoked? Do you think we can all now rule a line in the sand in regards to his departure and whether there is any angst with the Australian cricket team, whether it be podcast-related, guest-speaking related, Australia-playing-related? Do you think we can all now move on? Yeah, I think so, and I think that's the right way for this to happen because I think... You know, we all know that the whole situation could have been handled better from everyone's perspective. And that probably was, you know, going back 12 months ago. 
But I think now is the key for everyone is to be able to move on with it. I mean, the, the players have clearly moved on. They've moved on with Andrew McDonald. They played some magnificent cricket in Pakistan for a great series win there in Lahore. And now, hopefully, from Justin's perspective, he's got plenty on his plate. He's a busy man. He's got he's had time at home with his family for the first time in a long time. So hopefully, from everyone's perspective, uh, it just it was an unfortunate position that everyone was in. You know, the players were put in it because you know a lot of the time, um, Cricket Australia make these decisions. Uh, obviously, the players have an input as they did, but. Um, Justin did a fantastic job, um, but obviously everything everything moves on, and hopefully uh, you know everyone involved will be better for the experience. It wasn't a great experience um, the way it played out so publicly, particularly from Justin's perspective, given you know the level of respect everyone has for him in Australian cricket uh, and the job he did after what happened in Cape Town. But um, I think hopefully what's happened over these last couple of days shows that um, you know. Hopefully time will heal all wounds. One of our listeners on the tech 0487 736 wants to know, can you ask Cat about his beloved GWS Giants? Are they any hope to actually become relevant in the AFL? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, uh, they had a tough year last year. Obviously, there was you know a lot happening uh, in terms of you know Leon Cameron being replaced and then Mark McVeigh coming in. But I think uh, they've still got plenty of talent on that list and, mm. and hopefully if the field them are fit and firing and have a big year with some of this high-end draft talent that's coming to the club. And hopefully they'll start to climb back up the ladder. Any connection there at all, still? I still, I saw, I went to a couple of the boys' weddings recently, uh, so I still see a few of the boys that I worked with um, in the leadership group uh, a few years ago when I was there, but um, I'm still a Tigers man as well. I've always been a, uh, a Richmond man, and, and these last five years have been magnificent to watch after a you know, pretty barren run Cat, there for 40 Cat. years. Yeah, yeah, you've all of a sudden about... rolled that out, yeah. Cat. You didn't roll that out when you were working at GWS all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. No, the boys used to joke about it when we played Richmond. They'd say, who are you going for today, us or them? <laughs> what, about, what about grand final? Was that 17 or 19? Uh, what, the 19. GWS. Yeah. Well, I, I took my son. My, my son's a massive Giants man because he's met, met all the boys and, and loves the Giants. But I took him to the grand final, his first ever one, and the poor little bugger was just in tears all day. It was, it was demoralising for him because Richmond were just on song. and It was one of the toughest days of my life because... I was obviously happy for Richmond to win, but I was really sad to see what happened to the Giants boys and the Sun. Ah, good, hey, good stuff. For the young fellow, though, builds resilience, that sort of stuff. Correct. Especially when his old man's celebrating like a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good on you, Cat. Uh, mate, you're on air. On, I know you've got a busy schedule when you're sort of doing uh, cross-coding with TV and radio, but we look, we love your chats on, on SEN with Jared and the crew, and uh, you're on for the preview from 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock here on SENWA. Appreciate your time, mate. My pleasure, guys. Simon Cadditch joining us, part of the SEN cricket team. And don't forget, you can download the app and get a hold of it. Not too far away from a news break, and we're going to get him a cafe coffee. Coming up after seven, Ed Allen, Collingwood football recruit, the boy from Mozzie Park. He's at training for the first time today. Kane Pittman talking all things Wildcats and NBA and NBL. You and Porter talking all things golf. They're on the course as well. And from eight o'clock, it is the Wildcats show. Chris Clafunas is in the big wow. seat. Yeah, I know. So this is the lineup. Man in the big seat. <laughs> this is the lineup after seven. You have to right? boost it up a little. It is Chris Clafunas, Scott Cummings, with the best of our interviews today. After eight o'clock, the Wildcats show for one hour. After nine o'clock, Hayes and Marto back in the studio for another show of the Run Home, rather than no, it's called the Run In rather than the Run Home. 
And at 10 o'clock, it is the cricket. So you don't want to go anywhere. And then this afternoon, sports day with uh, Peter Vlahos, wow. Peter V. I know. We've got it all. You don't want to go anywhere. No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Scotty, I'll leave you in the capable hands of the great man. Uh, I thought you said Chris was coming in. (laughs) Not to worry. He's thrown thrown one out already. It's going to be a rough second hour.